I'm going to direct your attention for a few moments tonight from three separate passages of Scripture, but I believe they all hold a common thread. I've been inspired by these words today, and I really feel like God has sent me tonight to talk to somebody in this place that is being pulled and torn by many different things. There's a multiplicity of issues going on right now. And there's no, it seems, one thing that you can put your finger on that um, can can become the focus. And I, I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to help you get your focus tonight. Everybody said in Jesus' name. I'm going to turn first to the book of Psalms, chapter 27. One of the most interesting psalms you will read, it is almost as if it was written by two separate individuals because of the wide contrast in the thinking and the attitude from the beginning to the end, separate people and united. There are many scholars that believe it was actually written by two separate people and united as one song, but I feel like it was really David speaking. And he was just showing us the complexity of human life, that there are times when our faith is high and there are times when our fear is ever present. And we struggle between those two worlds of fear and faith. But in Psalms 27 and verse number 4, he makes this statement. One thing have I desired of the Lord, And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me Upon a rock. But it all begins with that one statement. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. Luke chapter 10. Luke the 10th chapter. It is an episode in the life of Jesus. He has come to the house of his friends. And it was there that this little story unfolds. About a war, perhaps, that went on between two spirits. Mary and Martha, not against one another, but in what was important. Bible said that Martha busied herself preparing food and looking for her sister, found her sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word. And she was very aggravated. The word cumbered means she was burdened by the fact that her sister seemed to be neglecting the necessary things and uh, forgetting what her responsibilities were. Verse number 42, 
Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Everybody say one thing. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. I want you to underline the word chosen. Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. One thing is needful. Then to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Verse number 13, Paul writing, said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This one thing I do. One thing have I desired. One thing is needful. One thing I do. I I, I hope that the Lord will help me share with you what I feel in my heart tonight. And that's my subject, one thing. Say it with me, one thing. Turn to two people and say it, one thing. Amen, one thing. You may be seated. These words have inspired me this afternoon and they have challenged me. I believe that they hold a key to many things that we desire in life, many things that we hope for, many things that we pray for. Words that speak volumes to our spiritual journey, our spiritual life and experience. My success or failure, my victory or my defeat, triumph or tragedy in life, is found in the decisive language of these simple words. One thing. One thing. I would encourage you tonight to always be mindful of that one thing. Say it with me. One thing. Say it again. One thing. Never discount the importance of One thing. One. The word is more than just a number in Scripture, but it speaks volumes of a truth that we must embrace and understand. When we talk about one thing, we are not burying our head in the sand and ignoring the facts, but we are choosing how we will Walk and what will have our attention. We are choosing what will consume our energies and take up 
our thoughts. I do not ignore facts tonight when I say that one thing. I am doing something better than that. I am focusing on a face, his face. You can choose and I can choose what consumes my mind and what consumes my thoughts and even what can control my emotions by that one thing that we choose. One thing. Everybody say it again. One thing. One thing. One thing. The, the word one means single, only, soul, solitary, distinct, definite, specific. It is not a list of things, but a single item that has your attention. There are other things that are vying for your attention, but there is only one thing that you give your attention. First speaks of single, but it means first. First speaks of the merit of priority or what comes in priority over other things. It is the urgent. It is the critical. It's the primary. But it means more than that. It means that I am going in a particular direction. That I am moving in a certain way to be sharp and certain and directed in my efforts. One. Everybody say one. 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 Not just a sharp arrow, but a pointed and directed arrow. Sometimes I think in life we're kind of like Charlie Brown who was caught out in the backyard by his friends and he had a new bow and arrow that he had gotten for a gift and he was out shooting it at the fence and they watched him kind of curiously as he would shoot the arrow at the fence and as soon as it found a lodging place he would run over and draw a circle around it as if that was what he was shooting at. The reality is that's the way a lot of people live their life. They shoot and they just hope it goes in the right direction. They, 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 they do things and they just hope they turn out all right. We say things and we hope that there's no repercussions to what we say. And yet the word one speaks of a particular, peculiar, unique Certain directed path. Not only does it speak of that, but one speaks of that which is unified. That which is brought together. It is a, it is a coming together of many different factors that may be in play, but it is focusing them down to where there is only one point of interest and one point of emphasis, focused, no division, no, no confusion. Division is confusion. When there's division in the house, there's confusion in the house. When there's division in the heart, There's confusion in the mind. When you don't know what you need to be doing, you usually wind up doing what you shouldn't be doing. Amen. 
So when you have that one thing, when you understand what that one thing is, and you understand the priority of that one thing, it transforms everything in your life. And I am convinced tonight, and I have been convinced today, that if we can get the principles of these three verses, our victory, our peace, our joy, our happiness, our sense of purpose will not matter on where we are or what we're going through or what's happening to us in life. It will not be determined by what we are going through or what we are having to deal with or what we are facing, but it will be decided by who we face and where we look. And what we choose. Amen. Say it. My victory. My victory. My victory. Is determined. By my decision. Amen. My joy. Is determined. By my decision. My happiness. Is determined. By my decision, my purpose and sense of purpose is determined by my decision. It is what I choose that will be the outcome of my life. Three passages, three separate, distinct, different settings in Scripture, and yet they bear the same message. They speak a unity. They speak a oneness. They're a crisis time in one situation. The scripture in Psalms is in reference to a time in David's life. Historians are divided over which one it was, but both of them were crisis hours. Some believe he wrote this after or while he was going through all that he was going through with his son Absalom. And others believe that he wrote it when he was fleeing from Saul's hatred of his life. It didn't matter which one of those you picked. It was bad. It was a crisis hour for David. And yet in that crisis hour, he found his footing. He got direction. He was able to stop the reeling and the, and the rocking of life that was going on around him. And by making a decision, by making a choice, by choosing what he was going to give himself to, it turned the tide and helped him weather the storm that he was going through. Amen. The story in Luke is about a time of just casual, uh, it seemed nothing was really at stake, and yet the reality was much was at stake. Because there was a deeper spiritual principle working in Mary and Martha's home that day as to what would be the most important thing in their life. And Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, was trying to help them understand something about where they came from, more importantly about where they're going. And all of these things were decided by one thing. Say it with me. One thing. One thing. It boiled down to one thing that mattered. It was condensed to one thing that was more important over every other thing. 
It simply boiled down to understanding what's going to last and what's not going to last, what's going to matter and what's not going to matter. And can I tell you tonight, can I just insert this in right now, that about 95% of the stuff we worry about today, five years from now, we won't even know it existed. And yet it consumes so much of our energy and so much of our Strength is eaten up by those things that are transitory. You just give it a little time, it'll work out. You give it a little time, it'll all pass over. That storm will pass. That trouble will go away. Those things that are so muddy and cloudy today will clear up and you'll know what to do. But you'll only know what to do when you make the right choice in beginning they were trying situations they were life situations life settings that can 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 determine my outcome and that do determine my outcome all of them required a single choice all of them required a simple choice what we are going to do how We are going to live by what code I choose to live by, what purpose I choose to live for, what I choose to pursue, what I give my heart to, what will control my mind, what will allow be allowed to control my thoughts, what will be allowed to drive my emotions, what motivates me, what moves me. Those things are all determined by what I choose. Everybody say decisions determine destiny. Amen. Amen. Decisions determine destiny. These words do not mean that we are looking for some escape from reality. They do not mean this one thing, we ignore all these other things. This is not burying your head in the sand and acting as if those things do not exist. It's focusing on what is most important in the midst of all of that. It's understanding what the priority uh, is when all the priorities have been mixed up. It is not ignoring facts. This statement is not some simplistic answer to a complicated problem. As some people have tried to allude, well, you know what, it'll get better. Sometimes it doesn't get better. Sometimes it gets worse. But I need to know how to live through the worst so I can get to the better. And some people shipwreck amid the worst things that are going on because they make a temporary setting, a permanent situation in their life. They let something that will pass with time or pass with a day or pass with a year or pass with whatever and they make it some kind of permanent mindset that they live the rest of their life determined or or, or their life determined by what happened in that moment. Amen. Amen. Decisions that determine my destiny. I am not closing out anything but what I want to consider when I say one thing. You know, there's good, some people that are really good at, at just turning a deaf ear to all that really matters and stumbling right. I'm not talking about that. 
What I'm talking about is weighing all the stuff that's pulling on you right now. And all the things that are tugging at your emotions. And all of the things that are pressing on your mind. And being able to filter through it all to the one thing that really matters. The one thing that will get you through all the other stuff that you're going through. One thing. Everybody say it. One thing. One thing. We would do an injustice to this aspiration or this desire if we degraded it to a mere escape mentality. Looking through some narrow window at a jaded life or looking through some narrow way of 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 thinking that life is going to turn out. Because we all understand. I don't know about you, but life is complex for me. Am I the only one in here that it's complex? I mean, it's not just one problem. It's not just one issue. It's a myriad of things that go on all at one time. I, I can't get an answer to this. I can't find a thing from every direction. I don't know what to do there. And there's bombarded by everything from every direction. So life is complex. Our problems are complicated today. I don't know when the last time I just saw a good old clean sinner. I mean, everybody that comes, their life is so complicated, so messed up. There's so many issues going on, you don't even know where to begin. Amen. He is not espousing ignorance. He's not advocating that we just go through life with that pie in the sky mentality. What he's really doing is trying to educate us. Amen. God wants to educate you and I tonight. He wants to teach me a few things. That if you can understand the principles that are found in these three verses, it can transform whatever situation you are in right now, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, if you can capture the principles of these three verses, you will not be defeated. Here are principles that when we properly understand them, they can change your life and alter its outcome. Three things that when properly addressed, listen to me, three things that when properly addressed, Address the complicated issues of my life. When I address these three things, they address the complications that are in my life. They don't ignore it. They don't act like they don't exist. They don't pretend that they've gone away. But when I make that one decision, when I make that one choice, when I point myself in that one direction, when I give myself to that single thing, That decision addresses the complications of my life. And it helps me get through all the mess that I'm going through. If you can get, listen to me, if you can get the one thing right, you can deal with the many things that are wrong. I want to say that again because I feel the Holy Ghost. If you can get the one thing right, you can deal with the many things that are not right. Amen. 
when you get the one thing right, you become the director of your emotions, not your emotions the director of you. You're not thrown into panic mode every time. Oh, brother, I don't know what's going to happen. I've told this story before, but it's bears telling again. There was a a young lady in the church that we were ministering in years ago. She was a great woman, but she was a worry wart. I mean, she could come up with some things that you didn't even know existed to worry about. And she was had this, I don't care how bright the sun was. I don't care how clear the day was. If you ask her, how things were, she was going to have something a little shaded, not shady, but she's, it, it's going to have a, a little darker hue to it than what you're, and she would just like that. I mean, she just saw when she looked at life, it was half full, not half full, it was half empty all the time. And one day she called her sister-in-law and she was in a full frenzy. Oh, you gotta pray for me. I don't know. So, I mean, you got and and her sister-in-law was trying to make sense of what she was saying. She was almost, I mean, it was almost like she had lost her mind. She trying to calm down. What's now calm down? And in her mind, she's thinking something happened to one of the kids. Her husband's had a wreck. He was a fireman. Maybe he got injured on the jobs. Maybe well, she's going through all these scenarios in her mind while she's trying to calm her sister-in-law down. And finally, she said, "Would you stop just a moment and tell me what's wrong?" got real quiet on the phone. She said, nothing. That's what's wrong. Nothing is wrong. And I know there's got to be something wrong. I'm not lying, folks. And I'm not making the story up. She still lives in Houston. And I won't tell you what church she goes to. But she still lives in Houston. And you know the funny part is? She's not the only one that lives in Houston. There's some of us that as soon as some negative little wind begins to blow, we set our sail by it. As soon as some foreign emotion shows up, we, oh, it's got to be God. This must be the Lord talking to me. Has it ever dawned on you it might just been bad pizza that you ate last night? It could be the Lord, but it could be the devil. But we, we allow those momentary things to cause us to lose sight of what really matters. And when we do, we become overwhelmed. We become oppressed. We, we become discouraged we we are depressed and we allow our emotions to control and dictate us and play the director of our life rather than the servant of our life Amen. we have to have listen we have to have the right focus to have the right favor in our life When you have the right priority, when you have the right focus, you will have the favor of God on your life. I don't care what you're going through. 
I don't care if you have to live through it another month or two or another year. If you will stay faithful to that one thing, God will always show you favor. It is in God to do it. And He will not deny who He is. He is a God that chooses to bless me rather than curse me. And if I have the right focus, if I have my eyes on the right thing, then I will have the right kind of favor. Amen. And when we fully understand these things, then victory and peace and happiness and contentment are not dependent on what I'm going through. They're not dependent on who I am, but who He is. Amen. It's not dependent on where we are, but what we know. Amen. I know my Redeemer liveth. I, I, I don't know a lot of other things about what's going on in my life. I don't know why I'm going through all of this, Job was in essence saying. But I know this. My Redeemer liveth. And if He slay me, so be it. But I know this. He's alive. Amen. What we think, what we know, circumstances that life throw at us sometimes are, are not what we expected. And they often come at the most inopportune time. But if we can get the one thing right, Not ignoring the other things, but the one thing. It'll make all the other things work together for your good. Amen. Number one, he said, one thing have I desired. Everybody say desire. One thing have I desired. One thing have I requested. One thing have I asked for. This is what I've learned in life, that what has my interest has my attention. And what has my attention controls me. It influences me. One thing have I desired. I wonder tonight what has your attention. What really has your attention right now? Is it all these things that are bombarding you right now? I'm not telling you to ignore them. I'm just telling you there's something of a higher priority that you need to be looking at than all those things coming at you. You need to be looking beyond that to what's for you and who's for you and what God said about you and what He said for you. The word that I want you to associate with this verse is attention. What has my attention is what will affect the outcome of my life. We have to make sure that we keep our attention on the right things when we're going through crisis. And it's very easy to get sidetracked. I hurt. Some of you don't think I do. Some of you feel like the way I preach, I must never have any pains or worries or never have anything to be stressed about. But you're wrong. But I have learned a long time ago 
that my life will be a roller coaster if I allow it to be influenced by all the stuff that's happening to me and I forget what's in me. And when I stand before God and I understand that there is one thing I need my attention on, it will help filter through all of that other nonsense that's going on in your life and all those other voices and noises. What we make as our priority in our attention, we have to make sure that we keep our attention on the right thing. When our desire is for the right thing, it helps me filter out all the other conflicting emotions and put them in their proper place. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, David said, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that I may behold His beauty, in his sanctuary. Of all the things that David could have laid his eyes upon. And all of the things that he could have put his heart to. That one thing he realized is what would help filter out all of this other stuff. And help it make sense. When he becomes the desire of my heart. Not applause. Not whether or not people like me or not. Not whether or not they're going to accept me. You see, so much of our time is spent in life trying to get people to accept us and love us. And I've learned this. I can do that until my tongue falls out and my eyeballs roll on the ground and they'll never like me and they'll never accept me. Because it's not in their capacity to do that. But if I let that determine whether I have peace or joy or whether I'm a victorious or I'm an overcomer, I've allowed things to determine my destiny, not God. I've let what's happening to me determine where God wants to take me, not where God wants to take me. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. When my delight is in the right thing, then my desires are taken care of. Did you get that? When my delight is in the right thing, then my desires are taken care of. You don't believe that? Read Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and what? He will give you only those essentials, only those basics. He will give you the desires of your heart. I don't think some of us can really, I can't really grasp the totality of what that really means. I've tried. But to understand this, that when I delight in the right thing, then my desires are going to be taken care of. God, you know what we say this? My greatest desire is that my whole family be saved and walking in it. Do you, do you realize my, my greatest desire? When I get that right, 
then my desire, my heart, my prayer is, God, when I delight in what pleases Him, when I honor Him with the first fruit of my increase, that I make that a priority, that giving is going to be a part of my spiritual life. It's going to be a part of my spiritual journey. When I make that my delight, I don't have to give, I get to give. We have never forced anybody around here to give, and we never will. And I've told you this before, I'm never going to beg you for an offering. I don't think I have to. I think there's enough God-loving people in our church and God-focused people that you and I have to beg them for anything. They're going to give out of the abundance of the heart because they know there's a spiritual principle involved that you can't outgive God. I'm not talking about ignorance and I'm not talking about doing something that's unwise. I'm talking about understanding a principle. You can never do more than what God wants to do back to you more and above. Amen. Get about this is what I desire. This is what I desire. Right things, God's going to take care of your desire. So forget about this is what I desire. This is what I desire. Get focused on what you need to delight. Delight in the Lord. Make Him the focus of your desire. And when you do that, He will give you those other things in your life. When Listen to me. This is what I wrote down and I said it to myself. When my desires can be accounted for and made subservient to His purpose, then my life can never be hijacked by life circumstances. It can never be hijacked by what's happening to me in in this moment when I have made Him the desire. One thing have I desired. Number two, He said one thing is needful, Martha. One thing Needful. Everybody say needful. That means necessary, essential, indispensable, crucial, required, non-negotiable. If I am to be an overcomer, I must know what is necessary, what is essential to survival. We used to play this little thing, or not play, but we we, we did this little uh uh, icebreaker in some of our leadership meetings that if if you were if you were s- uh, stranded on some remote island in some far reaches of the ocean list the things that you would feel would be essential to your survival it is amazing what some people write the fact is When we get to talking about survival, I don't have to have Starbucks. I don't have to have Whataburger. I don't have to have a blue light special at Kmart. Y'all don't even know what that is probably. I'm old enough to know what a blue light special at Kmart is. Amen. When I make my desires to be accounted for and which direction they're pointed and I put them on the right things and I focus them in the right direction and I make them subservient to His purpose, then my life will never be hijacked. And when I know that there is one thing that is essential, there is one thing that is necessary, I become an overcomer 
because I know what it takes to survive. I can live without a lot of things. I don't have to have a throne to sit on. I don't have to have a crown on my head. I don't have to have people bowing saying, King, oh King, oh King, oh great King. David said, there's only one thing I, I really realize I need, I can't do without. Never take your Holy Spirit from me. You can take all this other stuff. I can live without being king. I can live without people scraping and bound and serving me every moment. I can live without people applauding me, but I cannot live without your presence in my life. No wonder God said he's a man after mine own heart. Amen. I'm closing. I I better close real quick. Amen. This is what the Holy Ghost inspired me to write down today. And I don't know. Maybe it's for me. But I think it might be for somebody else here. It is not necessary to be proven right. That I live right. I say that because so much of our time is consumed trying to prove ourselves right. And you know what? It's like trying to teach a pig how to sing. It's going to frustrate you to the high heavens and it's going to annoy the pig. You can't prove yourself. You have to Prove yourself by living right. And if you live right, God will prove you right. But I'll tell you what happens when you try to prove yourself right. You wind up standing up against things that you don't have the right or the authority or have the knowledge to know how to stand up against them. The scripture talks about Doing my prophet no harm. And I know that scripture has been taken out of context in many, and it's been stretched to, to mean that the ministry is impervious and we're beyond. T- that doesn't what that means. That means simple, we're accountable. But you better be careful what you raise your hand against. Because what you do is raise your hand against God. And you may not think it's God, but you don't know that God doesn't still have his hand on that person or that matter. And so when we choose to rise up and speak evil against dignities or against whatever, then we put ourselves in a vulnerable, vulnerable position of being attacked. So it's not necessary that I be proven right, but that I live right. It's not important. Listen to me. I'm going I'm, I'm to shut up. It's not important what others think of me. What's important is what he thinks of me. Martha had some pretty hard feelings toward Mary that day. But she wasn't consumed. She wasn't concerned. It wasn't that she didn't care about her sister, but there was one that had a priority over her sister. Amen. And when you can get into that place that there's one thing that you understand is necessary. There's one thing that's essential. I've got to have a right attitude. I've got to have a right spirit. 
I've got to have a right direction in my life. When you have the right frame of reference in your life and the right focus, God will take care of you. Amen. Number three, and I'm closing. I promise. Stand with me. One thing I do. Amen. One thing I do. This this is not just the end, but it is a continuation. My actions speak louder than my words. What I do, the direction that I take is the key to where I get to. Amen. I want to say that again. What I do, the direction that I take by my action is the key to where I get through those actions. Having a right focus in matters of direction. Direction. Where are you headed? What are you trying to reach for? What are you trying to hold on to? What are you trying to to keep alive? Having a right focus helps me prioritize everything else in my life. And this is how Paul said it. One thing. One thing I do. The word do is in italics. It's not even in the original. It's just said one thing. But he mentions two things. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching. You know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me on the way home a while ago? That you cannot receive until you first learn to let go. You cannot increase until something decreases. So he said, let go the past, the good, the bad, the ugly. You can't change it or undo it. Forgetting those things which are behind. This is what I thought was interesting. The word forget comes from two Greek words. One means to lose out of mind or to neglect or to no longer care for. Or that one word, forget, means that. That word has two connotations. One speaking of position. The relationship of time, place, and order in your life. What is on or at or over or against. That's part of the word. The other part of that word means hidden, unaware, to lie hidden or be ignorant of. So in essence, what forgetting is, is understanding the priority of putting the right things where they belong and elevating the right things to where they need to be. And this is what he said I have to do. I have to forget the past. I have to let go of the past. That's not just the bad stuff that's happened to you. It's the good stuff. You know what? There's a lot of people that are living on yesterday's manna. There's a lot of people that are living on what they were in God yesterday or 10 years ago or 100 years ago or whatever. 
but there's no fresh reach in their life. There's no fresh vision. There's no fresh desire. And Paul said, I understand this one thing. This is what I do. I forget. I let go good, bad, ugly, whatever in between. It doesn't, I'm not going to let my past hold me because there's a greater future calling me. I'm not going to let my past limit me because there's a greater future than what my past ever could have imagined to have been. Too many people live in the past of what once was. And they fail to reach for what is and what can be. Paul said, one thing I pursue. I hunt it. I track it. I practice it. I search for it. I chase after it. One thing. One thing I do. Amen. Let go so that I can receive. Give up so I can get. Let go of what is past. Reach forth for what is before us. That's the attitude of an overcomer. Amen. Amen. Somebody say it with me. One thing. One thing. Not the many things. The one thing. What do you need to focus on tonight? Maybe, maybe it's your attitude. I need to get my attitude in the right direction. Maybe it's your desires. What do you think is important? What do you, what are you giving your time and energy to? Maybe it's what you're doing. Maybe the reason you're frustrated tonight is because you're doing the wrong things. You can never do the wrong thing and get the right result. Simple as that. Science lesson. Two principles that I was introduced to in science of a lens. One of them was a convex. One was the concave. One of them takes light and disperses it and spreads it out over a broad spectrum. And you see it in, in, in a broader sense. Concave takes that same light and it reduces it to a single focus. I wish I had brought one tonight. Some of you may have one with you, a bullet. You know what's amazing about that, that little 30-06 shell? It probably has about, I don't know, how many ounces of, of lead to it? You hunters know, I don't know. 180 grains, that's not very much. Now, if you take that thing apart, you've got a shell casing, you've got a piece of lead, and you've got some powder in there. And you've got a cap there that's going to help it. All those things separated, dispersed. I could throw them at you. Most of you wouldn't even know they came your direction. But I can put that same shell in a rifle chamber, and when it is concentrated... All the power that is needed to bring a buck down is in that same shell. And a lot of people, that's the way they, they live, either spread out, trying to do everything, be at all things, and, and going in every direction, or they've got a single focus that gives their purpose more power. Listen to me. This is why I'm... I, I, when focus 
is in the right direction. One of them is curved outward. The other one is curved inward. When the focus is in the right direction, it's powerful enough to start a fire. One may produce a rainbow, but another won a revolution. Now I want to ask you, what's most effective in living for God? Is it that shotgun effect where you try to do all things and succeed at none? Or is it understanding there's some priorities in living for God? And when you get the priorities right, God makes all that other stuff work right. He makes it work out to my good. He makes it come together. Amen. Everybody say it with me. One thing. Say it one more time. One thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, did you get it tonight? One thing have I desired. One thing is needful. One thing I do. And that one thing makes all the difference in the world. You're not worrying about all that stuff. How's this going to work out? How are they going to respond? What are they going to say? What's going to happen tomorrow? Forget about all that. Don't You can't figure that out. Let God take care of that. If you will focus on the right thing, God will make sure the right thing happens in your life. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord right now and give Him praise. Would you do that? I love you tonight, God. I thank you for your mercies and grace. I thank you for your goodness and peace and joy and happiness that floods our soul tonight, God, because we have learned somewhere in life what really matters and the things that need our attention. Bless, I pray, tonight your people and lift up the hands that hang down and strengthen the feeble knees, I pray, oh God, and help us to leave here with more purpose and more more of a mind of Christ than we had when we came. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say it one more time. One thing. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being here. I hope I didn't bore you too bad, but everybody think of one thing you could do, and I promise you your life will be a whole lot better in the long run. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.